0: And Welcome to episode 207 of Milwaukee's Tailgate Brewers podcast, part of the MKE Tailgate Podcast Network. I'm James, joined by the whole gang this week, Ryan and Paul. And we're all mildly distracted as we watch the the Packers on Sunday night (laughs) do this, but it's at least a good start so far. Mm -hmm. Uh, How how are your guys this weekend so far? How's things going? Ryan, I know you went to the game on Sunday, so you saw a division clinching win.
1: Yeah, I went on Friday and Sunday, had excellent seats on Friday. Very nearly caught my second ball of the week, but we can save that story for later. Oh uh, uh, boy. Yeah, yeah, and uh yeah, it was it was pretty great. Uh Saturday sucked. Saturday really, really sucked <laughs> on a lot of levels. Like the Badgers were very, very bad. And uh they Liverpool was very bad. Liverpool. Yeah, so. we can
2: just we can just ignore the Badgers for the rest of the year. They <laughs> they don't have a quarterback and you can't yeah. win without one of those, so it's gonna be a bad season.
1: It yep. seems yep. to be turning that direction.
2: Yep. Uh well, well, at least the
0: packers are looking good and the brewers are finally taking care of business after some mild concerns midweek, but we will get to that. In the meantime, you can help support our podcast. You can become a patron. That's at patreon.com slash M K E tailgate. As always, two bucks a month gets you question priority here on this podcast, as well as the reporting as ad- eligible, easy enough for me to say, uh, Packers podcast. And for five bucks a month, you also get the minor league extra with Ryan and James Anderson for the Brewer side. You also get Paul's reporting as eligible mini pods, previewing the Packers game every week. And as we were talking, this might be the rare. Re- Case that you were off a little bit, Paul. This is kind of surprising. Maybe <laughs> a lot of a lot of ball game left here, though. So
2: well that that's true. We'll give it the old
0: podcast curse. And yes, as we they'll, speak, they'll
2: Packers it. special teams has reared its ugly head, and the 49ers are on the verge of going into score right before halftime. So
1: wait, 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 Paul. Did you just do a reverse Nagler?
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, basically that, like, the, like, <laughs> yeah. He's he's eternally optimistic. I'm just like this. I got time to screw this up. We got. Got all yeah. kinds of opportunity yeah. here. Oh boy. Yeah.
0: Plenty plenty of ball game left at as as they always say. But hey, uh I guess turning to the brewers, you know, this, this week was a little let's just say concerning during the Cardinals series. They went in with a magic number of three. They left it with a magic number of three. The Cardinals still haven't won a, or lost a baseball game, I should say. Uh, win streak up to what is it now? 16, 16 in a row. 16
2: games. Yeah. yeah. Which is
1: absurd. I mean, in fairness, they only played like four baseball games this week and then they played the Cubs for the other four. So, <laughs> like, you can't really count that. That's not. Well, yeah. I'd more
2: if they hadn't owned the Brewers completely. So, <laughs> <Right>. you know. <laughs> did what they needed to do there and we'll get another chance to do it again so a little little concerning yeah yeah we'll see how this next week goes now
0: that everything's kind of wrapped up but uh paul i think you made a good point on twitter today just how incredible it is the brewers still managed to clinch a division when the team chasing them it has won 16 games in a row i think that probably speaks to where they were ahead of that Cardinals win streak, but also just their ability to take care of business, I guess. Well, and thank goodness. How
2: terrified would we be right now if they had not clinched as of this moment in time with just the Cardinals and Dodgers looming for them? Like Exactly. That's that's no fun. This is much more fun. Exactly. So I guess that leads me to my first
0: question. Are you, Paul, more happy or relieved that the Brewers (laughs) clinched the division over the weekend?
2: I am just happy. Um, I maybe would be worried if they hadn't, but... I, I actually think the Cardinals are going to come back down a little bit here. They actually showed some vulnerability against the Cubs. You just the Cubs are just a, you know a train wreck. Uh, and I think that the Brewers will get them once or twice here in the next series. So I'm, I'm not really worried about them. I still think that they're a very flawed team that's peaking at the right time. I'll credit to them for that. but uh th- you know th- they're they're not one of the best teams in baseball. They're just on a good streak that happens sometimes. I'm not scared of the Cardinals even though they won 16 in a row. Better now than later.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just need to go away as soon as possible. I just <laughs> <laughs> I I'm go not down. gonna talk shit about them again because apparently that's like you know tempting the universe. So nah
2: nah nah talk all the shit you want. It's has no effect at all. The Cardinals have <laughs> Cardinals have won World Series before we were making fun of them and they will win them again after we're making fun of them, and that's you know, that's just how that, that goes. So we have no impact here. If we did, we would use it to cure cancer or something like that. <laughs>
0: That's 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 true, and I, now I I kind of uh, guess that would be your take when we had the is devil magic real talk uh, last week, and, and
2: and you weren't with us, but I I kind of figured that's where you would land. But yeah, it's not real, and, and um, I keep, my brother keeps yelling at actually I think James um for <laughs> one of you guys for for saying it's not real, but that, he's wrong, and um, that's fine. It's not real. It's just that you know the Cardinals are consistently a really well-run and good franchise and so they are always in contention and make the playoffs and when you're here's the thing and the yankees have this too when you're always perennially good and you know the cardinals are the winningest team in the national league they're the yankees of the national league you're going to luck into random crap fairly frequently because you're going to put yourself in position to do it a lot um you know if you are always hovering around 90 wins or just winning the division you get your occasional you know um 80 82 win division win like they did uh, several years back and win the world series and get hot at the right time um that's that's how those things happen it's not that you really make your own luck but the more opportunities you have by virtue of being close to the playoff spots in the world series the more likely you are to have some stuff go right once in a while we remember all that crap so, yes, it's happening for them right now. But fortunately, the Brewers are so good that it doesn't matter for them. And they'll get into the playoffs and short series and all their luck will dissipate. And it'll just be, you know, baseball playoffs as usual.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's good to remember, too. Like the Cardinals, yes, they they devil magic their way into World Series wins in 2006 and 2011. But they actually had way, way better teams in like 2004, the one that lost the the Red Sox in four close World Series games, and 2010, I think either nine or ten, they also had a very very good team that just was not able to to do it in the playoffs. So you put yourself in position often enough. The hope is eventually you're going to be able to break through, and that's what we're hoping with the Brewers here is that they're putting themselves in position in 18, 19, and now again in 21 where. Hopefully they will be in position to be able to make a run here.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. With all that said, though, how frustrating was this last week for you guys? I mean, there were a couple of games where where it was just right there, and and you know, Cardinals came back late in the game and kind of left that bad bad taste in our mouths. But I guess Paul, th- like all that said, like this was just a really tough series to watch this past week, right?
2: Yeah, it was. Um, I think. I would also just like to point us back to our first analysis we did on the podcast of how this Craig Tembers going to go and how it's likely to go differently than past Craig Tembers because the Brewers have a lead and aren't going to pull out all the stops to beat everybody all the time. And uh, I know in my my DM that I call my my Twitter, Ron is still my baseball DM with <laughs> those guys. Um they were very critical, I think, correctly of of some of Craig's decisions, but that's because he's resting people. Like, we learned Devin Williams has an injury, and I think if they were desperate to win every game, they probably would have won one of these games against the Cardinals because Devin Williams would have pitched in it instead of people who are worse than him. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they were not pushing guys into the lineup that didn't need to be into the lineup because, um, you know, worst-case scenario is they get swept, and it's, you know, not great, but they still win the division, which happened. So um, that is primarily why that went the way it is. The Cardinals are, are you know, s- still somewhat desperate. We're still playing for something. Um, at the time, the Brewers aren't. And when that happens, you are at a little bit of a disadvantage and that showed up. It will not show up when things are on the line again. It'll be completely different. So it's fine. It was frustrating, but I understood what was going on. And yeah, the Cardinals got all the breaks, but the, the, the Brewers also don't, they didn't care. So it's fine
1: yeah what were the decisions that were so criticized i don't even really remember any from the week that stand out as being like other than i guess pulling hauser early is that the one from i mean Fair. pulling hauser 80 pitches that, was criticized yeah. and
2: um I, I, didn't he stick with Boxberger a little longer than he? yeah in, in the series too? finale it was well you didn't go to ashby
0: instead of whoever in the seventh while Ashby ended up sucking in the eighth anyway. And that was the same game where it was, why didn't they use Devin Williams at any point in that Cardinals comeback? And that was when it was revealed after the game, he was hurt. So I I think it was a lot more second guessing in the moment than it was kind of after the fact, once we had all the information, but um, I I think those were the two big ones too, which again, you know, as we said ahead of September, Craig's not going to push guys <laughs> way past, you know, pitch counts and, and that kind of thing, too, as, you know, mostly I, I saw it described as the Brewers are playing not to get hurt this series. And and that's kind of the way it
1: felt. Right. Mm-hmm. So and I think they were a little bit more aggressive. Obviously, I was wondering on Sunday with Hater coming out and I almost mm-hmm. sent the tweet, but then ran out of time because that inning went pretty quick. <laughs> uh, but I was wondering, so did they just pitch Hater on the third straight day with a four run lead just to see how he would do with it? Was that what that was? Was just like, let's see how his body reacts to this. Let's see how he does with it. Was that a like a, a test or were they actually in some way nervous? They just wanted to clinch it and get it done with. Like, I, I didn't quite understand that. That seemed weird because usually they have stayed away from Hater on three straight days when possible. So that was a little bit different
0: sure i think that could be part of it you know but i also think in the past craig's kind of been not shy about okay well the clincher's here and if it's here we're gonna take it kind of yep. thing right I like that's, that's... so i i think that was more it I, that's the way i read into it at least and yeah like you said at least it was a quick inning so <laughs> it worked out for all parties involved yep um Yeah, I I guess my last question before we get to some Patreon questions about this series is, uh, you know, seeing how this played out, Ryan, you and I last week were answering that question. No hedging. We thought the Brewers are going to go to the world series, right? Does that change your feeling at all? Does the last week kind of change your feeling at all at either even if it was just like the randomness of October can kind of catch you? Are you feeling any different
2: about the playoff chances? Not even one little bit, ooh, okay, well, I think that's correct, like I wouldn't an uh, in individual any individual four game series during the course of the season has no bearing on what happens in the playoffs at all. um if you want to make the argument that we have more information now about the strength of the Cardinals based on this winning streak, okay, um you can do that that their, their Pythagorean has improved pretty drastically since you know they've been on the streak but it's worth noting they're still overperforming their Pythagorean quite substantially um they were uh, they were quite bad before they went on the 16 game winning streak and um their their Pythagorean is 81 and 74 at the moment their real record is 86 and whatever uh, 86 and 69 um I, I don't know if that what this tells you other than that they just got hot for a time and you know it's not like uh, they're not the ones that you fear. The Dodgers are the ones that you fear. The Braves are the ones that you fear. Um, the other teams are going to be quality, but this doesn't tell you anything. The, the Cardinals don't own the Brewers. The Brewers played perfectly fine against the Cardinals this season. I think well, there may like two games under 500 against them, which who cares? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It's not anything. It's statistically insignificant so this is fine if you believe the Brewers can make the World Series before you should still do it they'll get better they'll get healthier if they're resting people they have a chance to set up pitching rotations they're in much better shape than everybody else is so um, it's a uh, it's not it's not great to lose but it doesn't you know tell you anything about the future yeah I will say
0: too that that weekend series against the Mets I think went a long way and maybe calming some yeah. fears that people had following that Cardinal Series you know yep. it, it, oh, look you're fine Exactly. It looked more like the Brewers that we've seen the last two or three months. Right. So uh, I, I think that goes a long way, too. But also definitely nice just to kind of take care of business before the final week here. So you can, like you guys said, set up that playoff rotation the way you exactly want to. You can, you know, rest some guys, get make sure everybody is good heading into the final stretch here. But uh, definitely good that they were able to wrap things up just for our own sanity, I think, too, mm-hmm. because, yeah, just nobody wanted to go into L.A. in the last you know series of the season having to do anything.
1: Mm-hmm. So. And Joe Sheehan pointed out on Twitter, I retweeted this, that it, research done a while back has shown no correlation between how a team goes into the postseason playing and what they end up doing in the postseason. So yep. it, it really is not a thing. Momentum's a myth, everyone. I mean, the one thing <laughs> okay. you would say to that is, the addendum to that is injury. You know, if yep. the team is substantially different than what it was during the regular season because of injury, then okay. But that is not going to be the case for the Brewers, probably, hopefully. Don't want to get mm-hmm. accused of jinxing that, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, of course. Um, All right. So all this talk
0: of the Devil Magic, obviously we had the Patreon question last week from Jason Albert, uh, basically calling us, more specifically, I guess, me, out for kind of (laughs) perpetuating that. And and we had a nice little discussion about, you know, just kind of the historical aspect there of of why the Cardinals have been so good for so long. And yeah, Devil Magic is tongue-in-cheek and all that stuff, but also, like, they're just generally have been a very good franchise. Uh, So Jason... Uh, decided he, you know, to to get out ahead of the game here before we accused anybody of maybe jinxing or doubting devil magic, which I wasn't gonna do. You know, I I think we're we're all very clear here that it's a tongue in cheek thing, doesn't really exist. But man, it's just really irritating when the Cardinals beat the Brewers, right? That's where I stand. But uh, here's what Jason had to say after I guess that nightmare of a week. So. Here goes he's he wrote on our Patreon because I know it's going to come up before you get to the questions and I'm going to get roasted. I just want to note that I regret and retract nothing about my devil magic comment from last week. While I understand Cardinals devil magic is a league wide thing and extends far beyond Brewers cards. Its deepest scars in our fan base's psyche lie in little brother syndrome. Just admit it. It is always at its worst when they are much better than us as a team and an organization and we all knew it no matter what happened in that four-gamer this week, and it sucked huge, none of that was magic. It was them going Supernova and the Brewers being listless and largely playing like assholes. (laughs) But another (laughs) way, going into the playoffs, would you trade their roster for ours? Would you trade Stearns and Arnold for Mausoleuk? Council for freaking Schilt? Their immediate future for ours, and as much you, me, or anyone else doesn't want it to be true, if we want the easiest path to the World Series, and we should... We want them to beat both the Dodgers and the Giants, and we should want to face them in the NLCS. I'll gladly take a seven-gamer full of SHILT, walking the bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth. Keep doing that, man. A game three against John Lester's corpse, etc. Anyway, we're a better team. Deal with it. And then he goes, P.S., is this a reverse jinx? I'm a fan, so maybe a little, but only like 5 to 10%. If the cursed NLCS does come to pass, I'll just may wear a garlic necklace with my powder blue yount jersey, but that's okay. It'll wash out after we win. So a lot of thoughts there, but, you know, obviously a lot of good points. And I think Paul, you, you probably agree here with most of that. And and (laughs) it's a very succinct way to kind of look at it, right? Just organizationally, the brewers are in a much better spot heading into October, even now after the last week, right?
2: Yeah, I think that's right. And, I, the only thing I might disagree with a little bit is I'm not sure I necessarily want to play them. And it's not so much that I think they're, um, they're better than the Dodgers or giants. I don't. Um, it, it's just more that I'm not sure I have a huge preference. Um, the, the Brewers have done quite well against the West teams. I don't think there's too much predictive value in that either, but uh, I do think the, the, the Brewers as constituted actually play pretty well in the West coast stadiums. And I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that the Cardinals just—I don't think they're that much worse than those teams, and losing to them would suck. So, um, technically, you're right; they're definitely the worst team that you could face in the playoffs, and so you want to do that, and that's fine. But I I don't know—I don't really care. Um, You know, they're gonna have to play quality teams no matter what, and they're all—they're all fine. So, um, bring on whoever, and it it should—it'll go all right. The Brewers are very good, so it's fine.
1: Yeah, and I think that. If you look at how this week played out, the Cardinals didn't have to face Corbin Burns. They didn't have to face Freddie Peralta. They didn't have to face Eric Lauer. And that's going to be three of the four starters that the Brewers are going to run out there in in uh, or in October, we think, right? Like, that, we're still on that train of thinking those are the three guys besides Woodruff, who they did get yeah. to face. And who had a middling game against them, I guess you'd say. Like, for Woodruff, what did he give up? Like, three runs and six innings? Something like that. Like it wasn't a great performance, but it also was yeah, it was fine. He hardly got lit up. It was, it wasn't that big a deal. So you look at that and you go, that really wasn't the Brewers putting their best foot forward for that. They were, as Paul pointed out earlier, they were more concerned about setting up the rotation for the postseason than trying to move guys around and trying to to set up a uh we need to take care of the Cardinals and put them away. They that was not really in their in what they were doing so they did not prioritize it and that's what you see and right now the brewers are not going to be running those guys out there against the cardinals again and so the cardinals will have not really seen them and if you think about the last time they did actually see them which was at the beginning of the month i believe the brewers uh starters completely shut them down if i'm remembering that series correctly everything kind of blends together at this point but
0: (laughs) (laughs) the cardinals had like the huge blowout winning game one but the brewers pretty easily cruised to the wins in the other two
1: games was that the game yeah. Freddie came back that monday yeah or that, that, first yeah, that game? was okay yeah okay so other than that yeah they they were in good shape yeah i you just i don't know that i want to face the cardinals because we talked about this last week like it is that perfect situation where you go there's no team i would rather beat to go to the world series than the cardinals and there's no team i would hate to lose to more uh in the nlcs than the cardinals so i don't know it if, if it happens, it happens, and I think clearly the Cardinals are not as good as the—especially the Dodgers. The Dodgers are clearly better than the right. Giants and the Cardinals. Yep. But, I mean, the, the Cardinals are going to have to get through both of those teams to get to you know us or, I guess, the is it the Phillies or the Braves at this point? The Braves. Is it going to be the Braves? Okay. The Braves' magic
0: number is something like three or something like that. They okay. swept the Padres over the weekend, yeah, so they're, not, they're as
2: terrific. everybody does to the Padres these days. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, just an epic collapse there. But I think it's going to be the Braves, but it's not a done deal yet. The Phillies are still hanging around, and they're still in striking distance. So,
0: mm-hmm.
2: not a done yeah. deal. It'll
0: be an interesting week to at least for you know Brewers fans' perspective. It's just to kind of see officially who who ends up coming out of that division for sure. All right. We do have some more Patreon questions to get to related to the Cardinal series. So next we have Ted Johnson. He says, so after a bad Cardinal series, I need either top or James to be bourbon drunk on the podcast or maybe Noonan, but I don't think he goes for the hard stuff. <laughs> that said, let's focus on the positives here. What good things can we take away from the last week? All right. So that's sort of a nod to uh Mitub kind of being a five ish bourbons in with the, the uh, previous uh, reporting is eligible. Highly so, entertaining but first of
2: all uh, i i do have quite the extensive liquor cabinet here and i do enjoy good bourbon <laughs> i my favorite drink is is the negroni which is outstanding um but i like the the brown stuff too i do think that drunk podcasts are overrated that mm. people think that they will always be better than they are that you're gonna get a lot of like screaming yelling like like uh the score after a bear's loss kind of stuff um <laughs> like that's what you're going for there but it, it's <laughs> It, it's hard to maintain that for a really long time and um so i think it should be used sparingly and is generally ryan is just chugging his bourbon right now um,
0: <laughs> when you said that he squirted <laughs> some bourbon out his nose that's gotta burn a little bit yeah but, yeah but
2: i think it actually does not work out as well as
1: people think it does most of
2: the time so it should be used in in small doses but yeah uh, yeah
1: so i was at the clinching game earlier and i did not try You're- you're fine. So. so, you know, and and <laughs> I, I hadn't had anything since we got home from the game and we're recording you know, during the Packer game. So do the math on that. But yeah, when I saw that the the listener, uh Ted Johnson, not the linebacker, had asked us to uh get some bourbon, I'm like, I can do that. I've I've got bourbon in the house. So yeah, uh yeah. I mean, the thing is about the actual question here, right? Like there was a question here.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, let's actually do that. What good things can we take away here,
1: Ryan? Oh, I missed that there was a question there. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so they <laughs> and I'm the drunk one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh Ted Johnson, uh, you could take away the fact that when they had their guys and their horses, I already mentioned this, when they had their horses set up to go, <coughs> they took care of the Mets pretty efficiently this weekend and looked like clearly the best team to a team that the Mets are not. Chop Liver. Like this is a pretty middling team, I guess you could call it. Like they're not a bad team. This is they have quite a bit going for them. So, yeah. Like they looked good against the Mets, and those games against the the Cardinals were by and large competitive. They're they featured some very bad meltdowns, which we really haven't seen a lot from the Brewers, but also a, a team that wasn't playing its its best guys there. So, yeah. They looked very good against the Mets. That's what you can take away. Yep.
0: <laughs> I mean, they were also kind of right there at the end of a couple of games against the Cardinals too. You know, you you had some bases loaded situations. You had runners on in the ninth. They had the opportunity, right? It's not like they just kind of quietly went
2: away. Yeah, the big one is they, even coming into the Cardinal series, they were on a bit of a, a bit of a downslope. Um, their offense was stagnating a little bit, and they showed signs in the Cardinal series of at least getting a little untracked with base runners. Um, And against the Mets, I I think they kind of just got back to normal. So that's good. You know, you worry about this team, you you worry about like a a Padres situation where your team just goes in the tank. Like that's your fear. That's what you're dreading happening when you have a series Mm -hmm. against the Cardinals. It's clearly not what happened. They seem, they're fine. So that's what you take away is that, oh, they got a normal average opponent and they beat them like they beat normal average opponents. And um, they, they seem like they're back to normal. So good to go. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll see
0: how the next week shakes out, but our next question comes from Adam Post. He's asking, will the Cardinals' devil magic be enough to help them upset the Dodgers or Giants in the wild Card game? Uh, Ryan, your thoughts on how the Cardinals would stack up against either of those teams'
1: single-game elimination? Oh, in a single-game elimination, they are easily not the favorite, though I guess Wainwright's weird renaissance season is mm-hmm. uh, Though I guess put that against the Giants, though it's, it seems like it's likely more likely to be the Dodgers in that game against them. So yeah. I guess that doesn't. I, I was wondering about the the weird Renaissance of Adam Wainwright versus the weird Renaissance of Buster Posey, Brandon Crawford at all. Like <laughs> right. it's all weird Renaissances everywhere. It's a one game situation, and any stupid thing can happen. I would favor either of the other teams against the Cardinals, but I wouldn't be even the least bit surprised if they were to win that game because it's one game, and yep. baseball is stupid that way. <laughs> right, Paul. Yeah, I
2: mean, luck doesn't... This is going to sound dumb, but luck doesn't really come into it in, in one game. It's just random. It, it, I mean, luck's not real anyway, but um, nothing matters in a one-game playoff. Any team can beat any other team, and especially... In the situation where you're throwing, you know, all guns out, like even a really bad team could, you know, throw all their starters out there as relief pitchers and play massive platoons just to win that game and, you know, close a lot of gaps with much better teams. The Cardinals are not terribly set up for a one game playoff for that reason. Um, I actually think they're a little weaker over a long haul when they've got to grind their pitchers a little bit more. So um, I I think, you know, it's certainly not inconceivable that they can knock the Dodgers out that's a totally possible thing it's one game anything can happen (laughs) Um, but yeah the magic has nothing to do with that that's just literally any team can beat any other team in one game of baseball that's just how baseball works
0: right and you know I think you guys make a good point that Adam Wainwright is I believe lined up to make that start if or when they get there so I don't know if there's anybody they would rather have in that spot so they've probably got their preferred starter there. They're just playing with a lot of confidence, too. I mean, you see how, I guess, I, with my eyes on the Cubs series, Harrison freaking Bader, man, is, like, so annoying to me. And maybe it's the hair. Maybe it's the, his general uh, way he carries himself. I, I'm i not a fan. I, I just find him irritating. He can celebrate. It's, it's okay. I just don't like him. But, you know, I think that's case in point of everybody on that roster just kind of playing like they believe they're superstars right now. And that confidence can really carry you in a one-game situation as well. So I, I do think they're kind of dangerous in that regard. But if it is the Dodgers, you know, they are going up against probably a team, as you guys said, better situated to uh, win one game. I mean, the Dodgers' depth is is where they draw most of that strength, and they can throw everything at you, so... I, I
1: don't think the Cardinals would be favored there, but... No, they certainly won't be yeah, favored yeah, yeah. because the Dodgers are the better team, but it's just... It's so random. And they could win. They could win, yeah. Well, and here's the thing, too. St. Louis is just about at the point where they're going to have nothing to play for, too. They're six up in the wild card. Mm-hmm. So they haven't clinched it yet, but uh, one more win. If, if they beat the Brewers or if Cincinnati and Philadelphia both lose, they're in. So... At that point, uh, the the onus, I guess, switches back a little bit. So we'll see.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll be an interesting final week, to say the least. Uh, one more Cardinals question on Patreon comes from Alex Lamers. He says, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 be, being perfectly serene, and 10 being Tony La Russa looking at untucked shirts, how annoying are the Cardinals, Paul?
2: They're as annoying as a pitcher with too light of a baseball glove.
1: <laughs> I was going the same direction here.
2: Oh, man.
0: Yeah, we should mention that. That was another part of that that kind of led to that unfortunate <laughs> collapse in the series finale there. Was yeah. that Cousins who had to change his glove right mm-hmm. away and then it was immediately walked the bases loaded? So That is correct. That's mm-hmm. great.
1: Yeah, and it is a perfect distillation of how the entire franchise has this humorless, just Pointless stuffiness to them, where they and their fan base too. There was uh, somebody. I'm sorry, I can't remember offhand who it was on Twitter. Was talking about how they used to give tours here in Milwaukee, and they said the Cardinals fans were the worst. They were bad tippers, and they were also uh just had no sense of humor about their team whatsoever. They just and you could see it, like the the sourness of it and everything. So yeah like it, it, this is a perfect distillation of what the Cardinals are, which is just this joyless, crappy organization that always seems to to be there and be good, but it all it does is make their their terrible horrible fans happy and they it, it's just pointless. it's just it's it's horrible uh human existence at its worst.
0: St. Louis is just like a giant vortex of fun sucking. It's not <laughs> like they can't enjoy anything in life. And that I think that's kind of why I have such a hard time seeing the Brewers face them. You know, Cubs fans at least have a good sense of humor when they suck because they've had plenty of practice at it. Uh, Cardinals just yeah. Cardinals fans just can't take anything lightly, and and that's why it just drives me insane. So there's yeah. That.
1: A while back, I was sitting in a bar with a friend before a Brewers Cardinals game, and this was in the immediate aftermath of the Ryan Braun whatever situation, which we're about <laughs> to get into, actually, by the way. So. Ugh. The Ryan Brown or whatever. Yeah, it was in the, in the immediate aftermath of the, I don't know if it was the positive test or if it was the suspension. I think it was the positive test, but he had been acquitted or whatever. So we're sitting there and a Cardinals fan is really like being a jackass to the people around him. And my friend like looks over at the guy and points out to him that Mark McGuire exists. And <laughs> the guy got like super defensive about Mark McGuire. I mean, and think of the timeline here. This is after Mark McGuire had fully admitted everything and like whatever. He gets he was he was talking all kinds of trash about Ryan Braun and then gets very defensive when somebody comes at him about Mark McGuire. And I think that pretty much sums up the Cardinals just thing in general. Uh, There is no such thing as as hypocrisy to them. They just that that is their default setting.
0: That Sorry, I'm distracted. The Packers are now actively blowing this game against the 49ers. Yes, yes so. they are. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of the Cardinals, I feel like the 49ers are but be- quickly becoming my Cardinals of the NFL. I just hate seeing the Packers play them. All right. Um, next uh, Patreon question comes from our friend Jay Google. He's asking, just overall, how concerned are you about the offensive play this past week? Paul, any concerns there seeing how the last week played out?
2: Uh, not not really. It's all the same concerns that I've had all season, mostly Christian Yelich related. Uh, I, I guess I would say a small amount of worry about Willie Adamas, who doesn't seem quite right yet. Although looked looked a lot better the last couple games. His mm-hmm. seven game splits are still not great, but I think he's he's rounding into form. But I think their offense will be fine once they get everybody back and healthy and and you know stop throwing out randos, couple couple randos in the lineup every day. They'll be fine. Not worried.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I think that the one thing about this offense that isn't great, and we talked about this a little bit last week, is that they don't have your traditional lineup anchor anywhere in it. They don't have that guy that's posting a, you know, 1,000 OPS. And it would be nice to have that. Granted, not every offense, not every offense that is successful has that. the uh, The Giants won a bunch of World Series uh, in the last or the first half of the last decade not having that kind of a lineup they had more balanced lineups top to bottom except for I think there was one year in there where Posey went like supernova and was an MVP but other than that it was pretty balanced lineups up and down so you don't have that to fall back on offensively and so when it isn't working and especially when you face some really good pitching it can be frustrating but Ultimately, I think they're going to be fine. And I think that they are going to have the advantage here of being able to produce from a lot of different spots, including the bench up and down that lineup Mm -hmm. during the playoffs that, you know, there are teams like the Cardinals who don't really even have that much top to bottom to work with. So once you get like to the bottom of the order, it's not nearly as deep a lineup. They do have a very good top of the lineup, but not depth. So that's a little bit of a concern, but yeah, we knew that already. That's not like a new revelation this last week.
0: Yeah, I will say things did definitely look a little bit better against the Mets. And again, it's the Mets. But even, you know, Paul, you mentioned Willie Adamas. He, he started the game on Sunday with a two-run homer to kind of, you know, ease those any fears that you might have had about the Brewers giving up a run in the first inning. They respond right back, and Adamas good to see him hit for power again kind of shows that maybe he's getting his legs back under him a little bit after kind of struggling with that uh, injury for much of this past month. So definitely good to see him hitting his stride in the last week here as well. Uh, Another thing we wanted to talk about uh, Sunday, of course was Ryan Braun day. He, you know, officially retired, did the whole press conference thing on field ceremony thing. Uh, So, you know, his, his data kind of shine here one last time in front of the fans, because obviously last year, his last season, actually with the team, nobody was in the stands, which is kind of a bummer. But uh, we wanted to make sure we got some Ryan Braun questions in, too. So our next Patreon question comes from Jeremy Nachman. He's asking, at what point the season do you think Braun stopped patiently waiting by the phone for a call from David Stearns? <laughs> uh paul wh- what are your takes on that because i know we joked about this pretty much all
2: year right <laughs> like the late season arrival but it just never came uh well brian braun i, I believe said that they kind of cut it off in august which is late uh <laughs> but <laughs> who knows how serious he was being um uh, but but i'm guessing that they kept him around for a while because or kept the option open because there were always offensive questions there kind of still are like uh, mm-hmm. If Ryan run walked onto the team right now and out OPS the rest of the way, it wouldn't be that surprising, frankly. So <laughs> it's not like there's never been a spot for him. So um, at some point I think the brewers did just decide, okay, we're not going to do this. We're going to go with who they, who we got. It was probably, you know, post trade deadline would be my guess. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm guessing it was open longer than people think because, you know, he was on the team recently and they could have used his bat at many points in the season. So, um that that's my best guess and uh i did want to also give a shout out to the the background of the ryan braun speech with the lighted up photo of him and the candles it was beautiful and if he <laughs> dies tomorrow they will just be able to reuse that immediately okay.
1: yeah shouts to uh andy schaff for his yes, wonderful tweet saying it was the casket is just outside of yep. the frame yeah so good <laughs>
0: Oh, man. Oh, yeah, it's right. Andy's been on a roll with this too. he's mm-hmm. He's got his um unquestioned list of top Ryan Braun moments, such as, you know, quote unquote, forgetting his passport, so he didn't have to go to Canada to play in the preseason games <laughs> and and all that stuff. so
2: the uh, the weird ryan braun list is is fantastic. We should actually just do a show about that because it, it's insane and. Um, it, there's stretches of kind of normalcy with Braun every once in a while, but he's just a giant weirdo, and yes. he's given us he's given us
1: a bunch of giant weirdo moments. Oh, um, so. man. you know, in that way, he kind of was a great pairing for Aaron Rodgers. I was just gonna say it really makes sense that they click because they're two giant
0: weirdo. I would love right? to hear a <laughs> candid
2: Aaron Rodgers take on Ryan Braun. Uh, I, it'll never happen, but I really no. really want it. Did other of you two ever eat at eight twelve? twelve? I did not. No. I did once with my parents. It it was it was so weird uh, because it was it it was exactly it's not exactly what you would think because you would think that athletes would have a sports bar or some or some high end nonsense, and it was just weird. Like it was it was a pretty good scratch Italian kitchen with everything made from. How did they decide on that? Like (laughs) I want that conversation between Ryan Braun and Aaron Rodgers where they're talking about the food that they serve at their restaurant and decide that let's do Italian. We want to make. Everything from scratch, including, you know, noodles, no pre-bought store stuff, Um, all sauces simmer in the morning. Um, We bake all the bread, um, you know, all the like, how do you how do you land on that? It's very strange that that happened. I'm glad I got to eat there once just so I can experience it. It was it was. Who do you who do you think was most insistent
0: on that idea? It's got to be Aaron, right? I feel like Ryan would be more laid back
2: on
1: that. Mm, I would go the other direction. Really? Yeah,
2: I, I think it, it's it was it's very specific. It seems like a brawn thing, it seems like a weird brawn thing, like like we want to do everything super authentic and but but it's not edgy, you know, it's not like yeah. like new new American tapas or I I don't I am not cool, I'm an old man, I don't know what's cool right <laughs> now. But Italian is like the most old school thing you can do, but doing it all like from scratch with good ingredients is kind of new school. I feel like that's Ryan Braun to a T is um, you know, I have this old man idea, and we'll do it in sort of a weird, strange way. And I, I feel like Aaron Rodgers probably doesn't care quite as much. It, it's a business opportunity. You know, he, he's probably some projections on how it'll do and help his marketability. And that's <laughs> and that's Aaron Rodgers, I think, more than the, caring about the food. One of them cared about the food, and it had to be Ryan Braun because there's no way Aaron Rodgers cares about it. <laughs>
0: I love this. All right. Uh, We have another Patreon question on Ryan Braun comes from Michael Heitkamp. He's asking, was there ever a point between the announcement of the failed test and the announcement of the biogenesis suspension that you believed Braun? Personally, I fell for the conspiracy theory for a little while, but I think that was just the naive fan in me. So obviously, this is, you know, part of Ryan Braun's complicated legacy, to say the the least, right? Like, you can't really just gloss over that fact when we're looking back on his career. So, Ryan, I guess, was there any point where you kind of bought into what he was saying? And maybe now you go, eh, maybe I shouldn't have done that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I probably bought into it a lot more than I should have. And I think there was definitely a point where I wanted to believe it. Especially after he, you know, was acquitted, I guess, in the first case when Shyam right. Das found him not guilty or whatever, you're kind of like, well, okay, so they couldn't get him on whatever it was, and he seemed to be so confident and cocky coming out of that that it was like, well, he'd have to be a pretty big piece of shit to to be this cocky and confident if he'd actually done it, right? And so you kind of yeah. bought into it a little bit, and then you know, turns out. Well, that is exactly <laughs> what happened. So, but I—it's hard to put myself exactly back in that headspace. But I—I I always had some skepticism about it. Like, I, it was never like, "Oh yeah, he clearly got uh, got railroaded," and like, you guys are all being unfair. But there was also just a very like, everybody, all these other fan bases. Like I just talked about with the Maguire thing or Cubs fans with their, you know, with Sammy Sosa in their past. It's like everybody else gets all high and mighty about these situations. And you're just like, really, you you know, you have this in your own team. And if you don't think that you have it, if you don't just like assume that you have it, then Mm -hmm. you're really delusional. Like then you're totally just deluding yourself at that point. So yeah, it's, I I definitely bought into it more than I should have, but I don't think I ever fully, like, I never went complete, like, total defense of Ryan Braun. And part of that probably was, you know, he was never my favorite player to begin with. So, sure, yeah.
2: So uh, I, uh, before I say this, I want to be clear that Ryan Braun definitely used PEDs, and that uh, is not in question anymore. However, at the time, I actually predicted in advance that he would win his case um and partially based on how the evidence was handled but partially because there were several news stories written at the time from leaks within um the office of major league baseball some other things about the test and those leaks said things like it was like the highest level of testosterone that anybody's ever seen um and that might sound very damaging it did to those reporters but that's not evidence that you did like a whole bunch of steroids. It's evidence that your test was bad. Um, when you have a result <laughs> right. that is an outlier from the norm, it's not evidence that Ryan Braun like, cheated way more than everybody else. It's evidence that the test was not accurate. So um, I, I wrote a big thing based on a lot of the stories. Like, hey, this is actually kind of in his favor. If this is actually true, it means the test probably is corrupt in some way. And honestly, those protocols are like, I know everybody feels bad for, for Dino and like he had his life ruined by Bron. That guy screwed up um, and you actually are not allowed to take samples home for this very reason. Um, if their chain of custody is broken, if they're not stored properly, um, stuff can get messed up And people. Scientists will tell you over and over. It wasn't that big a deal. Well, sorry that the rules were negotiated between players union and um, major league baseball as to how these samples would be treated specifically so that there was no question about things getting tainted. And um, that guy did screw up and did deserve some scorn um, for screwing up and not storing his sample properly. Now, that said, he, he did it. So whatever. Um, but, uh, I, I, you know, the in me is like, well, th- these were not civil rights violations. But you know, the baseball version of civil rights violations, there's rules that the law has to follow when they do things like this. And they weren't followed in this case. And, you know, in in criminal law, the remedy for that is you throw out that evidence. And that's not the rule. Baseball is its own thing with its own rules. But um, I actually think he still should have beaten the rap. I I think there there were enough problems with how things were handled that Braun actually should not have been suspended. And that baseball went above and beyond with their powers, granted them um, to actually send a message and punish him. And I don't think that's actually good for the game. It's certainly not good for um, being able to rely on the word of baseball itself when you negotiate around things like rule breaking and cheating. So um, not a fan of how that whole thing went. Nobody, I think, looks good out of it. And uh, I, I, I don't know. It's complicated. I've mixed feelings about Ryan Braun for that reason. So I don't know.
1: Yeah, and they definitely did go after him in the Biogenesis thing. That was about <laughs> getting Ryan Braun. It, they hired thugs to break into the car to steal the records. So, yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were they were desperate to get him to prove that their system worked and that Ryan Braun, like a player couldn't beat it the way that Ryan Braun did. That instantly ha- has me have feeling sympathy for the player, any player in that situation because that's just Like that's above and beyond, like what possibly makes sense.
0: Yeah, and I think you know, there are always going to be whether it's Cubs fans, Cardinals fans, what any kind of outside fan would look at the way Brewers fans look at Ryan Braun and be like, why are you so, you know, still so admirable with him, or you know, why do you still hold him up in such high regard after that? And I think part of that is sort of like that witch hunt mentality right like you see it with Giants fans and Barry Bonds too like obviously he did something but it was kind of like what Paul said it was the system kind of just railing against them so hard you can't help but kind of support him in some way there too
1: you know well and also there's the aspect of this that we do this for entertainment and rooting for the team is like intrinsic to this entertainment for most people there are there are people out there who are just baseball fans but Mm -hmm. if you're being told as a fan you need to feel shame and dirty about like your about the the way your player went about winning uh it sort of defeats the whole purpose of like watching sports and having like a a rooting interest and all that and i mean i get that there's there's lines between conduct on the field and off the field people doing some truly reprehensible stuff but like even like with trevor bauer and los angeles i don't think that like Dodger fans should feel ashamed because he was on their team that would be weird and like it's not their fault now if you're like engaging in abusive behavior around the accusation and that stuff that's that's different and then you know you can go to hell but I don't think that like just having a guy on your team who turns out to be a bad guy should like automatically lead to people being ashamed but it is sort of the way it works like People want to believe that players are above and beyond and like especially your guys. Your guys are perfect. Your guys mm-hmm. couldn't possibly do anything wrong. And that's just not reality. And it, it gets into the whole thing at the end of the original Ken Burns documentary where he talks about how I think it's Thomas Boswell, talks about how we want our players to be good at life, not just good at the the sport that they play. And that's just not reality. You know, they, they're not all going to be shining examples. And he was talking about Pete Rose. So, right. you know, like <laughs> there's there's lots of examples of this. And so it, it's complicated, but we shouldn't ha- – I don't think fans should have to feel bad for actions that the players on the teams they root for took just because they're on the team that they root for and that they want that guy to do well because they're on their team. That's That kind of defeats the whole purpose of of doing this thing. I, for me anyway
0: yeah and I you know it's worth mentioning too after all of that he did kind of go above and beyond to kind of you know repair things with Brewers fans and the com- community right like there's been so many charity events there's been a lot of things he's still been the face of to try to get out there and be like hey yeah I screwed up but you know i'm I'm still here to kind of do that yeah
1: after that happened he was a changed person in terms of his public persona. I don't want to say like he became a better person because I don't know. I don't know the guy, but (laughs) his public persona definitely changed post that it went from being very arrogant and very in your face to being much more humble and humbled. And the biggest applause line he got today was when he started talking about uh, the fans sticking with him through, I don't even know exactly how he said it. It was kind of evasive. But Mm -hmm. that was the the biggest applause line of the entire speech. Right. So, you know, I and I think fans kind of understood that that is part of the deal. And it that the whole thing gets so complicated because then we could start talking about Josh Hader and good Lord. Right. We could go down a whole rabbit hole, but it's it's complicated.
0: Yeah, I guess. This kind of leads to a really interesting question. We got some Twitter questions on this too. A reminder that you can always send a question to us on Twitter as well. The account there is at MKE tailgate and just respond to our call for questions there. We've got one from brewers numbers who aptly is asking, will the brewers retire bronze number or will he get the same treatment as Gatner? So
2: I don't think he gets his number retired because I do think that the scandal is probably too much. Uh, I think it, it probably cost him, and it's not like he was, he wasn't Barry Bonds. He was extremely good, and he, his peaks were outstanding. He won, you know, MVP awards. It, it's just it didn't last that long, and he's not a Hall Famer. And I I don't think that's enough with the scandal to get you retired. Uh, I just I just don't. So um, I think they steer clear of that. I think they can steer clear of that, and they would have a tough decision if he was a slightly better player. But uh, they'll take every, they'll take the opportunity to um, I think kind of phase him out a little bit as time goes forward and they get other people they can focus on. So um, you know that he's he appeals to my generation. He doesn't appeal to people younger than me. And um, you know as as I get older and people like me get older and they don't need to focus on Ryan Braun as much and they won't. So they're not going to keep him around forever.
1: I think that this is a situation where the longer Mark Antanasio owns the team, the more likely it becomes that mm. Braun gets in just because he is Antanasio's boy. He Braun was the first player drafted after Antanasio bought the team. He came up. He signed the extension right away with the team you know, after this Rookie of the Year campaign and then signed another extension and, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that happened between them after that. But I think ultimately, remember, they never traded Ryan Braun away, even though they had probably chances to do so. And I think that was largely Etanazia was doing. And I just I think that eventually that's going to happen. Now, yeah. the precedence that they've set, like right now, nobody has their number retired who isn't in the Hall of Fame. Everybody who has their number retired for the Brewers, even including, you know, Bob Euchre and Bud Selig, who have 50 and one retired. They're both in the Hall of Fame. So that, that would be breaking precedent. If it doesn't happen, that'll probably be why it doesn't happen. Uh, or at least that will be sort of an excuse given. I don't know if that would actually be the, the real reason it won't happen. It would be because of the steroid thing and all of that. But I don't know. I am torn. I think that antanasio would love to do it but Mm -hmm. i don't know that he can in the short term so i think it's something that's gonna have to come later and i don't know exactly what that would look like and what would need to happen there for it to happen but i think antanasio would like to do it if he could find a way to make it workable
0: yeah that that relationship is just weird and it was part of andy shafts list too is like what the first thing ryan braun said after they clinched the playoffs was it in 18 or 19 is he thanked the ownership group which is just like an eye roll like oh come Mm -hmm. on man (laughs) can you be more corporate right you know he, he he listens to Adanasio's son's shitty band so you know there's that too it's definitely a weird relationship but I've seen too like seriously like the whole Raleigh fingers number being retired kind of opens a whole can of worms too yeah he's in the hall of fame but like (laughs) he didn't do all that much for the brewers comparatively right so and with Ryan Braun, you're talking about what the second or third best bat in franchise history so you know if you don't open it up for that what do you do
1: yeah, I mean Ryan Braun is, according to Baseball Reference, he's third on their all time WAR list for team WAR behind uh, Yount Muller, correct? Yount and Malder. Malder. Yeah, yeah. I just needed to pull it up, but yeah, Yount Muller, Braun, and then fourth is uh, is Coop. So that always kind of grabs me by surprise that he was that high on the list as a first baseman, but he was that good for that long for them. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. I was looking at this the other day. Is he ahead of Figueroa?
1: Oh yeah. Higuera is fifth on the list uh, with thirty point three. Braun is forty seven point one. So it's okay. there's a big gap. Like uh, Cooper and Higuera are both at like basically thirty and some change, and then Braun's at forty seven point one. Molitor's at fifty nine point nine, and Yount's at seventy seven point three. And that Molitor number does not include his post Brewers career. That's just right. what he did with the Brewers. So I mean, there's I think. When you look at the best players in franchise history, it's Yount and Molitor and then a pretty thick line and then Braun and then a pretty thick line and then you can start talking after that. Yep.
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely. All right. Uh, another Twitter question here. We kind of touched on this a little bit, but uh, just kind of continuing the conversation, K.E. Suter 34 asks, Braun seems to have a good relationship with Marque. as we said. What are the post-retirement honors number retirement which were eh on, but maybe walk of fame statue, special assistant to the owner title uh, speech giver at all clinching games. <laughs> what do you, what do you see? Uh, do, do you think he gets the deputy GM badge? Like Doug Melvin always wanted to give him. Oh, or?
1: I want somebody should have given him a deputy badge. Like <laughs> I, I actually don't think he has that big a sense of humor about himself either, but that would have been priceless. Yeah. That would have been absolutely amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know, Paul. What do you think? Statue outside Miller Park, or sorry, ampham?
2: No, uh, I don't think no. so. Not even um, that level. Yeah. I'm against statues, generally speaking, but uh, uh, not that one. He should definitely be the speech giver for all clinching games, um, because <laughs> the more chances he has to give those speeches, the more just pure comedy gold that we get out of them. <laughs> so it's a win for everybody. I don't know if it helps the players at all, but I don't think it hurts, and I, I, I'm, I'm very pro that. I think that's a great idea. Um, uh, walk? Do, do we care about the Walk of Fame? I'm fi- I guess I'm fine yeah. with it. Is that the one that's hard to get on? That's the harder one to get on. It's stupid that that's the hard one. That should be the easy one. It's a. It's it's a. It's side a walk. walk. You're walking on it. Nobody ever pays attention to it. Yeah. The Wall uh-huh. of Honor should be harder.
0: But instead, we've got Carlos, Carlos Gomez. As much as I love him, on the Wall of Honor, yeah.
1: Well, no. Wall of Honor is where Carlos Gomez absolutely should be, and K Rod should be nowhere near. But yeah, that was that was unfortunate. I did not need to see that. I'm really, glad really he didn't show.
2: Having put no thought into this at all, it's dumb that the cat that the criteria is different for the Wall of Honor and the Walk of Fame. Uh, <laughs> that that's stupid. It's like when wrestling has the championship belt and the Intercontinental belt, like. <laughs> <laughs> You can't you can't be the sub champion. That's not a it's not a real like that's stupid. Like if you're on one you should be on the other for sure. Like yeah, yeah. No, you're 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 not the main
0: event level, so you don't get the wall or the walk of fame, but we'll put you on the wall. Yeah, I don't I don't understand that. I don't know. I I I could see a statue of like the, you know, home run pose that they gave the way the bobblehead for. That'd be cool, but again, how many statues do they have room for outside that stadium already? Oh, so, <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess guys, before we move on, any parting thoughts on Ryan Braun? Cause I don't know when we're going to get the chance to talk about him again.
2: Just a huge, huge weirdo, a very troubled, <laughs> um, very problematic guy, but you know, the bat was incredible. So um, very just unfortunate that it, it, it burned so brightly so shortly. And then he had the thumb and the oblique and, Everything else that went wrong with Ryan Braun after the fact. It's all Gabe Kapler's fault. So let's... (laughs) (laughs) Wow.
1: (laughs) Wait, why is it Gabe Kapler's fault?
2: Oh, oh, okay. Um, So I will... I I thought this was more widely known, but it's totally not because I'd forgotten about it until Andy put it in our DM the other day. But Ryan Braun started lifting with Gabe Kapler and uh, credited his new workout routine and his focus on power to his work with gabe kapler mm-hmm. and i don't want to commit libel here but mm-hmm. if somebody picked up a ped habit uh, and you had to point a finger at somebody who maybe was influential there that maybe <laughs> is where you'd point the finger <laughs> hypothetically <laughs> hypothetically speaking so um yeah if uh, if he wins manager of the year uh, that will be very disappointing because i think he uh is at least partially responsible in in the Braun fiasco and there's other things that i'm not going to say publicly about gabe kapler because they're definitely also libelous but let's just say that he was probably kind of a destructive force when he was on the brewers in many many ways oh boy Hmm. yeah Interesting. interesting.
0: interesting he's got a uh interesting history even publicly
1: yeah some of the stuff he did when he was with the dodgers as their minor league coordinator yeah and just the the weird weirdo quotes that have come out of him that you were like he's
0: just weird it's no wonder Braun clicked with him because they're both just really weird california dudes yeah yeah okay
1: fair enough all right uh yeah i ryan Braun. the whole thing is very complicated and has been since the beginning for me um I, I never loved him the same way that I loved other players on those teams that were there and I can't exactly explain why but mm-hmm. it, it, there was never something about him just was not quite it just rubbed me the wrong way so I don't know I I was always happy to have him do well because it meant good things for the Brewers and it was uh, yeah, ironically the time when I was most you know defensive of him was probably the time he least deserved it. Uh, but that felt like a trying to to correct uh, to correct <laughs> for what the uh, the general impression of him was around baseball and with the media where everybody like rushed in to, to villainize him, which was overboard and uh, ignored the fact that this was a much wider spread problem in the game than just him, but he became the convenient face of it the way that, you know, a generation earlier, Barry Bonds had become the convenient face of it. So it it was just a complicated thing. And I guess that's ultimately that's good because it is good for teaching lessons about, uh, <laughs> fandom. <laughs> He's instructive in a lot of ways, not to get too wrapped up in the uh, supposed goodness of people that you don't know just because they're good at doing something on the field
0: yeah what's that remember when Facebook used to have like the it's complicated relationship thing mm-hmm. I feel like that's it with the person and, and Ryan Braun right like uh, there's just obviously as we've spent a good chunk of the show talking about just a lot to unpack and lots of layers to that onion right but uh, I, I think it's it's one of those things where you kind of have that that much history with a person, you tend to build a bond with them, right, through good or bad or what, what have you. And, uh, yeah, I'm with you, Ryan. I, just on a personal level, he is not somebody I would ever, like, get along with in real life, right? Just the way he kind of carried himself with that certain kind of arrogance. The answers to every interview question from day one were just kind of canned and corny and, like, optimized for you know <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. whatever else you know so like just from day one he just kind of seemed like a manufactured human which again kind of goes with Aaron Rodgers so it's it, it's great that they became friends at one point because it's very much two two peas in a pod right but
1: yeah and yeah Braun especially if you go back and look at like the very first interview which coincidentally shows up in the when they show the Ricky Weeks and Prince Fielder first career home run game that was also the game where they interviewed Ryan Braun because that was the weekend that he signed and so you can see his very first interview that he's doing back with uh with Rock and with uh uh, Darren Sutton Mm -hmm. and you can see exactly what James is talking about there in that interview where it was stilted and canned from the beginning so
0: rehearsed yeah. yeah
1: and it was and there's there's genuine. definitely you know who the you could draw a connection between him and a rod because oh yeah there's a lot of the same sort of stuff going on there though well, yeah, yeah i think braun was humbled in a way that a rod never has been so <laughs>
0: sure all right a uh, couple more questions before we wrap up this show not ryan braun related we've got uh watch your back on twitter protestant wind <laughs> at protestant wind uh they're saying now that pablo reyes has his ops around 700 and an above average wrc plus versus lefties can everyone admit that he's a perfectly capable 27th or 28th man to take a bench spot when someone is hurt i feel like this is because i just keep saying pablo reyes sucks he does
1: suck. because i'm yeah I <laughs> to say this one's directed at you james so you can take this one
0: i mean sure but yeah he's also a 27th or 28th or 30th man i mean he's nobody's first choice so i mean that's that's kind of my thing it's fine i just don't want to see him starting for weeks on end when
2: willie Adamus is hurt or what have you so that's where i land yeah so being a fine 26th or 27th or whatever man means that you're bad it your average among <laughs> it's a replacement level player yeah, right? average yeah. among the last guys on the roster so he sucks and if he has to play more than a handful of games it's not good so and if there was a, a better guy in Triple A to replace him they would do it in a second but um, I mean it's not worth complaining about the guy at the end of the bench because he's not supposed to ever play so yes uh, it's, it's fine Pablo Reyes is fine but he's not good because those those guys are never good. I'm glad he does have an above average WRC plus against lefties
0: because at least somebody needs to on this team. So that's that's nice. But uh, it's sort of like Hernan Perez is always great against lefties and just kind of generally overall. So that's kind of where he lands for me.
1: Yeah, he's not great, but I don't think he's uh, the 27th or 28th man on this roster either. I think it's considerably further down. So sure. The way the Brewers use their roster, he definitely has not gotten anywhere near like the 20th or 29th most playing time on this team.
2: Yeah,
0: sure. All right. Well, I guess speaking of Hernan Perez, Steve Garshinski has our last question and I'm saving it just, just for Ryan, because Ryan may have contributed to the Cardinals sweep and, and we'll get to the bottom of this here. So Ryan allegedly Why don't you tell your side of (laughs) it first, Ryan, before we get to Steve's question?
1: Yeah. So on, uh, well, I put this on Twitter too. So on uh, Tuesday night, I was down uh, right behind in the the section right in front of uh, Euchre and all those guys, and I caught a ball that Yadier Molina hit off of Brandon Woodruff. It bounced off of a seat a couple of rows up, spun, and I caught it. It was the first foul ball I've ever caught at any baseball game Professional, whatever. This was the first time I'd ever caught one, and uh, yeah, it was pretty great. And I took pictures of it, and it's uh, now sitting on my desk at work. So I'm I'm very happy about it, and uh, the fact that the the Brewers uh, then can cons- uh, went on to lose what three games in a row to the Cardinals after that point. Uh, <laughs> is supposedly sign that it's a jinx, and that that ball it's needs to be fault. destroyed, yes. and that Steve and uh, some of my other friends would like to see that ball Bartmaned. Remember when they took ah. that thing and blew it up? Like they would, they would like to do something <laughs> like that with it, which they're not going to get the opportunity to do. So uh, they can just forget about that right now.
0: All right. So here's Steve's question. Uh, it goes: Is Ryan's yachty ball cursed? Can you call it a fall ball if it was thrown into the stands after the inning, which seems like an allegation? Ryan, we need to get into. So that Is was his story a lie.
1: So no, that was a that was another one on Friday night. A ball almost okay. I caught almost caught a second ball on Friday night, and uh, that one was tossed after the inning, after they went around the horn after a strikeout. <laughs> okay. So that was that was tossed, but I He's never said it wasn't.
0: Okay. okay, uh, so Steve goes, Is his story a lie? Is that bad mojo causing problems for the Brewers? Is Graham Mertz the worst quarterback <laughs> at UW since Tony Lowry? <laughs> Paul, your take on all those questions. Sure. I know you um, think Graham Mertz is bad.
2: Ryan's story, I don't think, is a lie, though. He should make a Patreon tier for blowing it up, obviously. <laughs> um, and yeah, Graham Mertz is really bad. Uh, I do think he is one of the worst quarterbacks in the history of the program, and it's uh, it's not a good situation. So, yes, the answer to the Steve's question there is, yes, that's correct. <laughs> I love it. Uh, no better way to end this
0: episode than a uh, little Steve jab at you, Ryan. So, I, I do think... You're we'll, not
1: getting that ball, Steve. You're not getting that ball.
0: What if we were able to, like get an obscene amount of money out of it like if somebody would give you like the bartman like five hundred thousand dollars or whatever it was
1: to blow it up would you do it well yes i'm not an idiot (laughs) 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 Like i'm just sort of assuming that nobody cares as much as steve and And steve well because he's getting some trolling out of this and now he's getting more trolling out of this so i'm assuming nobody cares as much as him and jay and and mark (laughs) so like yeah this is all oh, very boring man. for anybody that isn't you. Thanks for bringing down the podcast, Steve. No, no, I'm I'm all for <laughs> blaming the sweep on somebody other than me. So I'm here for. <laughs> Wait, it. how is it your fault? I
0: don't know. <laughs> we, we were talking about devil magic last week. It it's sort of like you know the Candyman or whatever. If you say it so many times, it comes back. So just don't. So we'll, we'll leave it there. But fair enough. Man, I, I guess if the Brewers get swept by the Cardinals again this week, we're gonna have to have some serious conversations ryan about getting rid
1: of that baseball (laughs) you're not getting my baseball no no (laughs) (laughs) all right before we
0: wrap up uh shout out to some new patrons this week a reminder you can always sign up or resubscribe if you uh have in the past and just go to patreon.com slash mke tailgate at any time You can choose either that $2 or $5 a month option.
1: And who do we have to shout out this week, Ryan? So I think we missed it last week, and I don't know if it was because I didn't see it or whatever. I think maybe this is a a retread, like he came back after having dropped. But Mark Podscarby is a guy that we've heard multiple questions from on this podcast over the years. And so Mm -hmm. I'm kind of thinking he was already a patron at some point, but maybe not. Whatever. Thank you, Mark. We appreciate it.
2: Yeah, Mark, I think, asks RAE questions with some frequency as well. So um, welcome back if you weren't here before. And if uh, if you're new and we're just forgetting, thanks for joining. (laughs) I I, I do think this might be a re-up, but thanks
0: again, Mark. And, you know, as as Paul mentioned, you know, you become a patron for one. You become a patron for all. So you get that question priority for both this podcast and the reporting is eligible one. Uh, so be sure to sign up there and uh, while you're looking to help us out, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Casts, anywhere else that you do listen to the podcast, hit that subscribe button. While you're there, please do leave us a uh, rating and a review to help other people find us. And as always, five star reviews, Paul will give them a read uh, no matter what you put in there. So Correct. always have that out there as well yes no
2: one did this week for shame
0: for shame for shame but maybe you know we're getting to the end of the season here we're all feeling good you know throw a five star our way that we'd much appreciate that uh in the meantime one more week of the regular season to go we will recap all of that next week here on the show in the meantime stay well everybody we will see you here next week on the office